You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Robert Streb is in his ninth season on the PGA Tour after being named a two-time All-American at Kansas State. Native of Chickasha, Oklahoma, who grew up in Edmond, he played on the NGA Pro Golf Tour in 2010 and 2011 and the Web.com Tour in 2012. He finished seventh on the Web.com money list that season, earning his PGA Tour card. In his career on golf's highest tour, he has two career victories, and he's finished in the top 10 twice at the PGA Championship. He's played in all four majors with the PGA, definitely his best tournaments. Robert, welcome to Sports Connections. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, got to ask you, obviously, I'm wearing my K-State shirt, proud uh, uh, graduate school uh, attendee at Kansas State. It's not necessarily known as a great golf program. Why did you choose to go to K-State? Um, I was not exactly the high, most highly recruited guy coming out of high school. Um, took a few visits here and there. And then uh, I liked Kansas State. I liked that they had a home course. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that Tim Norris had played on the tour for a long time. So I uh, thought there was uh, a lot of good opportunity there. And the guys on the team were great. So, um, you know, it all turned out really good. It's it's interesting, Robert. I I talked to I've been talking to people in sports for forty years, and invariably, and maybe it's maybe it's true at every school. When I talk to somebody who gets recruited and ends up signing to play collegiate sports at K State, I always get the same response. It was the people. You know, we've we've all heard Bill Snyder say, "I came to K State for the opportunity. I stayed because of the people." That that certainly rings true, even in the golf program, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's just a really good place to go to school. And, um, you know, almost everybody is just, uh, uh, you know, great people to hang around. Um, Facilities are great. And, um, yeah, it's just a really good spot. All right. Now, you talked about Colbert Hills, obviously, the the home course of K-State's golf program. It's one of the great public courses anywhere around, certainly the best one in the state of Kansas. And anyone who thinks Kansas is completely flat, needs to tee off at maybe number seven, the 600 yard par five where you're teeing off from the top of the hill and you have to hit it 250 yards just to reach the fairway. Just talk about the challenge of Colbert Hills. Uh, Yeah, it's um, obviously very hilly, um, tons of undulation, lots of wind. Um, It's a really good test. Um, You know, if you're not hitting it solid, um, the ball's in the air a long time and it can go a lot of funny places. So, um, <laughs> uh, it, it was really cool and, um, definitely great challenges. Yeah. When you walk the course and you had to tee off on top of the hill, you, you're hoping you didn't have to go first. So you could breath. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've played it a couple of times in tournaments and I don't know that Maybe on a par three, I don't know that my group has ever used my drive because you really have to be able to hit it a long way, which I don't anymore. Used to be able to, but at 62, you don't hit it as well as you used to. But you've really got to hit it a long way on almost every hole on the course, don't you? Yeah, it's it's got a lot of distance. um, And, you know, depending on the direction of the wind, it can change the course completely. Yeah. uh, The the par threes are pretty long and there's, I guess, what is it? Um, 15 is not a super long hole in 13, but other than that, most of the par fours are all you want. Yeah, for sure. Now for, for those, for us duffers, the idea of playing golf professionally sounds pretty cool. Uh, 
but it's a lot of work. Just talk about the work that goes into developing your game to the point of even getting a tour card. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's pretty tough. Um, there's obviously a lot of great players. Um, the, the younger guys are obviously getting better and better. Um, it's not taking, doesn't seem like it's taking quite as long for them to, you know, figure out how to maximize their potential. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things you, you know, you kind of earn, kind of earn your way every year. You, you know, you have to go out there, you have to beat people, um, have high finishes and it's, you know, year to year for the most part. And, um, you know, it's pretty tough and it's, it's a little stressful when you're not playing well. And, um, cause it can be a little tough on people and the drop from one tour to the other is pretty significant. Um, as far as making a living and things. So it's, uh, yeah, it, I guess it's pretty stressful and, you know, if you play well, you can do really well. And if you don't, um, you know, you got to keep cracking at it. it. It seems like maybe this is true in a lot of sports, but to, to me, it seems like the PGA tour for every one guy that retires or for one guy who just steps away because he's not competing, you got like eight guys who are coming out of nowhere and just taking the world by storm. It, you feel like that as one of the one of the guys who's been on the tour for a while? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. You've had I feel like quite a bit of turnover um, as far as the age of people. Um, feels like the average age has dropped pretty significantly. Um, when I got out there, I think I was twenty five, turning twenty six, and I was I was one of the young people out there now that's uh just very common so it, it's changed a little bit the age range is maybe a little closer to some other sports but you also have some older guys that are still uh very very good yeah i mean who whether you're a phil mickelson fan or not and i happen to be when i worked for the ncaa in 1990 one of the very first interviews i did was with the, the reigning ncaa champion who was coming back to his sophomore year at arizona state some some kid named mickelson and I've been a Phil Mickelson fan ever since, but even if you're not, you have to be impressed that at 50, he won the PGA championship. Just how impressed were you that he was able to do that? It was pretty incredible. Um, you know, and for the most part by his standards, he'd been struggling for the last couple of years or so. Right. Um, obviously he has tons of talent. The guy has an incredible amount of talent, but uh, I think he he might have surprised a few people, but sometimes those guys that are that good, when they get a, a sniff of the lead, they they can figure it out and, and close it. Do you think – you probably know him from being on the tour for a number of years. Do you think he was surprised how well he did, maybe not at the start of the tournament because he's had some hot stretches, but, you know, he, he was right in contention after, after 54. And then, I mean, he just – it was like he had that cushion – he wouldn't didn't get too comfortable, but just comfortable enough that if he could hit, if he hit a wayward shot, which Phil is likely to do, he still had some still had some room. Do you think he was surprised by how well he did? Probably not. He uh, he obviously thought he was doing some good things, but um, did he roll into that week thinking he was gonna gonna win? Maybe not, but it for some reason. Um, you know, a guy that's won that many times, if, if they think they're playing that good and, and they're right there, they they don't tend to they don't tend to waffle much. They're yeah. they're pretty confident in what they're doing. All right, getting back getting back to to you. Once you ha make the tour, 
you still have to keep working. It's not like, okay, now I got my tour card. I'm good to go. How hard is it to stay on the tour? Um, it, it's pretty tough. They, um, so when you, you first earn your tour card, there's 50 guys and you know, you're in the pecking order behind everybody that already kept their card. So you, you don't really get your choice of events. Um, you just kind of play when you get in and, uh, hope you finish in the top 125. Um, and you need to do that every year. Otherwise you're going back to the corn Ferry finals or something of that nature since they don't have Q school anymore. So it, it's pretty tough. Like you, you've got that, that number right there, unless you've season of the prior season, that number is pretty important. Um, you know, hopefully you're playing well and it's not really a concern, but, yeah. um, there's always guys at the end of the year where that is, uh, becomes very important the last month or two. Sure. Um, Describe your game, Robert. Are you a long hitter? Are you great around the green? Good putter all around? What's the, what's the, what's the best way to describe your game? Duh. Recently, my driver has been about the only good thing, but <laughs> it's uh, the putter has been a little streaky. Um, I mean, I like most people, I, I, I play my best when um, I feel like I'm putting well. Um, you know, you can get a you can get away with a few bad shots here and there. Um, for me, when the, when the putter's not real well, um, I'm trying to force the ball close and, and other things, and um, it just kind of makes life a little more stressful. Okay, and I see that you use the 10-finger fig- the ten grip. Describe that and why you use it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a baseball grip, except your, your thumbs run um, down the grip instead of, um, around the grip it just did it as a kid um just i never really got to the overlap interlock the common grips um and never really had to change it i don't i don't know if that's great or not but um just kind of the way i did it and always done it and didn't feel like changing it so instead of i mean i i've always done it this way locking the index finger of my upper hand and the pinky of the mm-hmm. lower hand you don't do that you you keep them separated like a baseball grip. Yep. Stuck like a baseball grip, except your thumbs run vertical down the shaft instead of around. What do you, how do you think that helps you? Or is it just what you're used to and it would be hard to get used to something different? Basically it was what I was used to. Um, I think I poked around with the other two grips and felt like I'd lost a lot of control of the club. So, um, that's just kind of what I stuck with, uh, the no glove thing, same deal. It was just a, a feel issue more than um, what's necessarily proper. Now, what type of course is best for you? Is it is it you know an, a U.S. Open where you got high rough and and not a lot of fairway to work with? What what's the best type of course for you personally? Um, but for going by majors, it seems to be the PGA. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be the only one yeah. I'm consistently good with. Um, uh, usually I don't usually mind, um, you know, a little bit tougher golf courses. Uh, I probably need a, a little bit wider fairways. Um, I'm not exactly the straightest driver of the ball, but, um, used to always be just a little, little bit of extra space. Up. Um, if the course was pretty difficult, I generally tended to do better, but the last few years, uh, pretty streaky. Okay. D- describe what the PGA, I mean, we are, we're all familiar with what the Masters looks like because it's at the same course every year, obviously. And the U.S. Open, we talked about the fact high rough, 
Unforgiving Greens. What describe the PGA Championship course? What is the characteristic of that? Um, it's usually just a little bit less penal than a U.S. Open, a little less on edge. Um, you know, they're still rough. It's it's still pretty difficult. Obviously, Kia was a bit of a monster. Yeah. Um, you know, usually the typical courses they got some rough, but they like you know eight to ten under to win instead of maybe even to two over or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know you've played the masters. What is it like? I've, I've actually been to Augusta, not during a tournament. And that's just one of the most beautiful places on God's green earth, but what's it like to actually play that course? Um, it, I think it pretty well causes all my hair to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have not figured it out. Um, it gives me fit. I just I tend to hit it in the wrong place. Not quite make enough putts, but it, it's beautiful. Um, you know, they, it's all it's cracked up to be, and they know, um, they know how important it is to people. So it's just a very, very well-oiled machine and the course is always flawless. And, um, yeah, it's just a really neat place. Did you get to play in it in the fall of 20 when it was in the, uh, okay. So you I did not. Um, I, I don't think it played from what I could gather, didn't play anything, um, even close to what it plays in the spring, just because it was a tough time of year. It was wet, um, a lot of stuff going on there, but, um, when, when they do get it in April and the weather's even decent, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. Because it, it seems like if my memory is correct, the scores were a lot better last fall because it was wetter and, you know, you could be a little more aggressive, you know, because you didn't have to maybe dial it back a notch to not go out of bounds, things like that. Um, do you, so you said it, it makes your hair fall out. I've not heard that particular description of the course before. Um, do you get caught up in the tradition unlike any other? Is it the layout of the course? Is it, what is it about that, that tournament that, that gives you the heebie-jeebies? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really neat and it's got all its old traditions and all that stuff, but it just, it's, it's kind of one of those, it, there's a lot of space, but if you hit it on the wrong side of the hole, you just, you have nothing. And, um, I tend to do that here and there. And, um, it, yeah, you, you have to hit your irons really well. And if you're not, um, you know, it can give you the fits and you might hit one that, you know, you're 50 yards away and there's not anything in your way, but you can't get it inside 20 feet. It's just, uh, it, it's a little funny that way, just with all the slopes and everything, which um, I think people would argue the design is really good if that's the case. Yeah. Now, it's, it's interesting, Robert, because there's a few tournaments that are at the same same course every year. Obviously, the Masters, the Crosby Pro-Am at, at Pebble Beach. Um, there, there's one in Dallas, the, the, um, the Hogan, I think it is. Um, do you prefer playing the same tournament at the same course so you understand the course better, or do you like the, the tournaments that rotate from, from site to site? Um, if you like the course, you want to keep playing the same one. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, maybe not. Um, if you've been there a few times, it, it's kind of nice because you don't have to learn um, a whole new course. Uh, but if the – if the conditions are different than normal, then sometimes it's hard to get, um, you know, 
old thoughts out of your head or, you know, you put it this way or put it that way or, or whatever it might be. But um, sometimes it's nice to go back to the same places just because you don't have to sit there and try to learn a whole new, whole new golf course. If let's say the weather's bad or you're tired or whatever it might be, um, you know, you just kind of go out there, get a feel for it, make sure nothing changed and um, get ready for Thursday. All right. What, what's the, what's your, what are your goals for the long-term future? Obviously, uh, winning a major is an easy one to say, but not a lot of people get to do that. What would you say your goals are for the rest of your career? Um, you know, I'd like to get in the winner's circle a little more often. Um, but at this point, just trying to get to be a little more consistent. Um, I feel like it's been, I've had some decent golf here and there, but it's been very streaky. Um, so I'm trying to get a little more consistency so I can, you know, get in the mix a little more often. Um, so at the time, the current time, yeah, it's just try to improve some things just to, um, you know, be around a little more on the weekends and, and closer to the lead if I can. So is it, to use a, a, a baseball analogy, it's not so much to raise your batting average or to hit home runs, it's to hit line drives. And if you hit enough line drives, they'll fall into place it's to hit the shots consistently and the results will take care of themselves. Is that a, a good way to, to assess it? Yeah, that'd be a, a very good way to assess it. Okay. Um, I always let people wrap up with two things. First of all, talk about your family. Uh, yeah. Um, got two little kids now. They're six and three. Um, daughter Catherine is six. Son David is three. Um, and my wife, is a saint she travels around with us um helps out with the kids and until uh she started kindergarten this year they always traveled every week so they were very good travelers traveling 25 weeks a year so um yeah we we kind of did all that and it's been a little bit of an adjustment but um yeah everybody's healthy and doing well so no complaints uh golfers are either the little ones golfers yet uh my son really likes it um like most kids, he thinks the bunker is very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, so do I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he'll hit some shots out of there for a while and then maybe start making some designs in the sand here and there. But uh, he really loves it. Um, you kind of have to drag him out of there. My daughter, um, she'll go, but she'd rather do some other things. All right. And the last question you can answer that you can even interpret the question however you want. You're still a young guy, so it might be a hard one to to answer. But what is your legacy? Duh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, let's let me rephrase it. What would you want your legacy to be? Uh generally just a humble, hardworking person. That that would uh, that'd be good by me. And um, you know, if I can be a good family man and a good dad, um, that'd be great. All right. And, and final question for you, how are the cats going to do this fall? I, I, I think they're going to do well. I hope, I sure hope so. Um, I think the coach has done a really nice job so far and hopefully uh, we can get a few big wins. All right. Sounds good, Robert. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.